Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode two of season two of This Osteopathic Life. Today I'll be exploring the concept of waves and their presence in osteopathic medicine, philosophy, and practice, and in general, how thoughts around waves can present and be seen as impactful on our health. I record today's episode in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on weekend three of four consecutive weekends of travel for me, for various reasons. As noted previously, I was in Phoenix for the fourth meeting of the Osteopathic Health Policy Fellowship. Then I was in Santa Cruz for a birthday celebratory weekend, as well as a CrossFit Physicians and Health Meetup. And today I am in Minneapolis for the weekend celebrating my brother's 50th birthday. And in my world, it's been the launch of a number of milestone moments and birthdays with a cohort of friends launching into their 40s and others into their 50s. And it's interesting to reflect back on what it means to meet these milestones in the opportunity for reflection for connection, for gathering. This is what's become a relatively rare opportunity for all six of my siblings to gather together with some of our children. Not all are here this time. And being grateful for the chance that these key moments in our lives offer for honoring what we've achieved, setting a plan for where we'd like to go, and simply being together. So that's where I am today. And as I contemplated the concept for this podcast, originally it was investigating those milestone moments, and it didn't quite come together as a fully-fledged topic uh, for what I was hoping to express. Another piece that came up was yesterday, as I arrived back home in the evening, the moon was out and appeared to be a full moon, but as I investigated, it wasn't quite there. And another friend had posted her experience of the moon rising today. And I'd also come across a picture of the phases of the moon taken at the same time in the same location, but showing how varied that position of the moon was, you know, relative to the day in the month and the relationship to the earth's position. And so that led me into considering the impact of the moon and how it relates to health and to phases of health. And really that came back to the idea of waves. So I'm leading you through the stream of consciousness as to how I reach the topics of some of these podcast episodes. But I will say 
relatively without fail, they've led me to a place of learning, of understanding, of exploration, of opening new possibilities of thought and expansions on considering health. And that's really the goal of this osteopathic life is to expand the thinking around health, utilizing the osteopathic concept, seeing the osteopathic concept in different settings. And waves are certainly a place where that comes up, as I've talked about in more recent episodes, treating the fluid and honoring the potential for health in the fluid. And so waves is where we are in this episode. And as I have in many before, simply looking at the word and the meaning and seeing what we can extrapolate from that um, in a broader perspective. So wave as a noun is a disturbance on the surface of a liquid body as the sea or a lake in the form of a moving ridge or swell. And so interesting to see the word disturbance in that definition, which with connotation sometimes can be seen as a negative thing. We don't want to be disturbed. You know, we your disturbance is a problem. But disturbance is simply, you know, the interruption of the calmness um, that can happen. The other definition is any surging or progressing movement or part resembling a wave of the sea. And in this definition, surging and progressing, for me, carry more of a positive connotation. So if I think of those three, disturbance, surging, and progressing as movement and movement simply as moving or movement again as a noun and considering what I envision this osteopathic life as and where I would like it to be in a more actionable way is you know a revolution of compassion toward best health and we need some disturbance for revolution and we need surging and progressing and movement forward to actually make meaningful change and so I appreciated that inspiration there as I look, as I said previously in uh, the first episode of season two, to make more tangible experience of this osteopathic life, that idea of utilizing the energy of a wave to create a disturbance and surge and progress forward with movement. As a verb, wave or waving can be considered to move freely and gently back and forth or up and down as by the action of air currents, sea swells, etc., or to curve alternately in opposite directions, have an undulating form. And this one is a great visual. You can close your eyes and think about to move freely and gently back and forth or up and down. And to me, it feels relaxing, you know, and that idea of being free in that movement. But the piece of this definition that really spoke to me at this time in my life was to curve alternately in opposite directions. And there are so many moments in my days where it feels that way. It feels like being pulled in opposite directions and not knowing how to navigate that, not knowing where the balance point lies, but also thinking about in treatment that those two directions are where we're testing motion and the point of ease is between them. And sometimes it's closer to one than the other, depending on the force that's been applied to the patient from perhaps past trauma. And the same in our lives. That balance point is shifting, and there are many directions that we can be pulled. And where we can find a place of ease between them is a key and critical factor. I recently came through my son's conferences at school, and it was reflected to me that 
my oldest son in particular, reflects the challenges of being in the two places. And I've talked about living between Michigan and Oregon and figuring out where is home. And he's expressing that too and beginning to learn that you know home is within and finding that ease internally is going to be a great skill and gift he can take forward with him into his life. Another verbiage definition of wave is to cause to flutter or have a waving motion in or to cause to bend or sway up and down or to and fro. And so the wave can be the effect, the wave can be the effector. And in all of it, it's about motion, you know, and life in motion is key and critical and understanding that there's going to be a change, you know, thinking about the tides and the moving and shifting and that stagnant water is not a beacon of health. And I think that's why for me, I've talked about open water as being this medium, this anchoring place, this place of ease and feeling at home and feeling grounded. And I think much of it comes from the movement of water that goes along with it. So while any water might qualify, I don't feel the same sense of restoration and wholeness by a still inland lake, for example, than I do by the shores of a great lake or by the ocean or even by a river or creek where there's the constant movement of water and that renewal and change. And I think waves comes up as a term of health because of that capacity for movement and for fluctuation. You know, there's not one static moment. You're always going to get a slightly different form each time that wave moves through. So like anything, when waves came into my internet search bar, and interestingly, my servers no longer allow me to use Google, and I will say it changes the impact of the search, but perhaps leading me in new ways to pages that might not have come up otherwise. There's one simple concept about what waves are in the ocean. And they're specifically talking about waves moving energy, you know, movement of energy through the water, and that they're transmitting energy, not necessarily the water itself across the ocean. And one key statement in this was that if not obstructed by anything, they have the potential to travel across an entire ocean basin. To be distinct from waves on the surface that are created by the friction between wind and surface water, and that continual disturbance creates a wave crest. And thinking about those two pieces, and also about the inherent capacity for health we talk about in osteopathy, that if uninterrupted, you know, a wave could just continue to move across the whole floor of the ocean. You know, endless, endless energies, this infinite movement. On the surface, however, it's often met with friction in this disturbance with the wind and creating these different crests and shapes of the waves and what can look like, you know, an angry ocean or an angry lake. You know, if you've ever been to one of the Great Lakes on a red flag day, you know, those waves are powerful and they're dangerous and, you know, demand respect. And thinking about, you know, the role of osteopathic manipulative treatment, if we say if we believe in this grand design and the perfection and the capacity for health, yes, but 
how often do we proceed through life uninterrupted, not obstructed by anything? You know, if we did, we could move freely through and not need any support. We'd have the infinite energy. But oftentimes there are friction forces and there are things in our lives that come up and create these crested waves and these big angry waves and hostility and dangerousness that demands our attention and our respect and also recognizing that it can shift, you know, that it's impermanent and that different forces will come along and can shift those surface waters. It also came up in a number of health organizations, which I found to be encouraging. One that I would really love to investigate more. So again, I'm grateful for the opportunity of this search. And I'll put the link in the show notes here. Uh, One is called Waves of Health. And their mission as a nonprofit medical outreach organization is first to support the primary health care needs of underserved communities in the developing world. And the second is to educate others about the medical challenges in the developing world. And thinking about my work with health policy this year and seeing where there can be expansion of health and the use of osteopathic concept in a meaningful way. This is an organization that could potentially be a great outlet and opportunity for partnership of my skilled colleagues and those who are seeking ways to participate in the health more broadly uh, to engage. Another one that came up was called Waves of Wellness. And you know, this word can be used in many different ways. It's become a bit of a buzzword. But I still see the importance and potential in it. And this one was focused specifically on mental health. And so they utilize professional uh, mental health professionals, excuse me, as surf coaches and seek to remove you know, the barriers and the stigma around mental health and recognize that it's very widespread and that it deserves attention rather than judgment and seeking ways to support those individuals utilizing the power of the ocean and surfing and the skills there to adapt into mental health as well. The history of psychology came up in the exploration of waves, noting that there are five different waves of psychology and that waves are ways of thinking differently over different periods of time. And these include introspection, gestalt psychology, psychoanalysis, behaviorism, and eclectic. So just thinking about that opportunity of waves to build on one another, of waves to create opportunity for change, and what it's meant for our thinking and our understanding, our education and our exposure and experience with mental health over so many years. Another that came up was an article that was talking about a demand for the fifth wave in public health. And this is from 2014, and I'll be doing more investigation on this again, looking at my work in health policy at the moment, but thinking about the waves of public health and how, again, we've shifted our thinking. This lists, and again, I'll post the link to this article, the first wave in the late 19th, early 20th century, looking at 
the unsanitary living conditions and how we need to impact health by making shifts there through structural works. And again, structure and function supporting one another to create best health opportunities aligns well with osteopathic philosophy. Wave two, nearing that time as well and into the mid-20th century, where hospitals and the idea of expert physicians was born. I'm still working through the book on kind of the social history of medicine in the United States there. At the end of World War II and great social change happened, the welfare state was born and looking at how life and lifestyle choices can impact health. And this was in like 1940s, 1980s. Way four, mid 20th century moving forward, looked at disease management and the use of systems thinking, moving into health policymakers in many sectors in various levels, considering what the consequences of decision-making on that policy level can be. The idea for the fifth wave is talking about creating a culture of healthy choices and behaviors and making those good choices the norm. And I've looked at this in many different sectors and in various conversations. How do we make it easier to do the right thing? looking at what our values of health are and deciding you know, as a group, whether that's in a local community or broadly as a nation or globally in our world so that we can identify healthy behaviors, value them, reward them, incentivize them in positive and sustainable ways. Again, making the healthy choice the default. I remember having a conversation with my brother-in-law and my husband the last time we were visiting them in England and they had all the different types of meat, you know, the quote unquote conventionally raised meat that could have been exposed to antibiotics and various GMO feed and perhaps not great living conditions. And then there was maybe organic feed and then there was pastured and then there was, you know, the local and the way they were labeled and the way they were aligned in the shop made it harder to get to the best choice meat, you know, the most sustainably, ethically raised, locally sourced was the most expensive, you know, so that was a barrier. It was on the highest shelf, so it wasn't in your line of vision. It wasn't the obvious and easy first choice. And we said, well, why isn't that the standard? And the others are labeled more according to, you know, what negative impacts you might be undertaking if you purchase them. And so that's what this fifth wave of public health is being called for to make the best choices for health the easier choices. And I think in osteopathy and osteopathic medicine, we have a, a role to share these philosophy principles and practices so that they become resources for making the best choices for our health on any level, in any specialty, for any physician, with all patients, and beyond those clinical relationships and decision-making processes. Another piece that came up, and it's an interesting time, we just had National Women Physicians Day on Monday of this week and thinking about the waves women have made in medicine over many years and particularly in more recent years. And waves, the first thing that came up when I searched for it was actually that it was an acronym of Women Accepted for Volunteer Emergency Service, a military unit established in July of 1942 
as the U.S. Navy's core of female members. And during World War II, 100,000 waves served in a variety of capacities from essential clerical duties all the way up to jobs that would have normally been reserved for males, pilots, and training, and eventually became integrated into all military services in 1978. So thinking about the waves and the power of influence of women in the history of medicine and in the history of osteopathic medicine, I posted the link before to PBS um, movie that drew upon a book relative to that topic and demonstrated um, the power and the integration of women in osteopathic medicine over its long history. So that brings us back to my opening topics. We're coming full circle that the moon led us to waves and the waves lead us back to the moon and how waves are impacted by the moon and that gravitational pull creating kind of a surge, kind of an outpouching of the water on the surface and a similar experience on the opposite side of the moon and the slight difference in the rotation so that the days aren't always exactly 24 hours and the moon in its relationship to the earth and that's creating those phases of the moon, those positions as I talked about earlier in the sky relative to our fixed point on the earth's surface. And today into tomorrow leads us to February's full moon and it's being referenced as a full snow moon. And so we'll see as I have to travel tomorrow what that means for the traveling. But looking at the power and the capacity of that relationship of the moon to water, to precipitation that can be impacted, and the energy that comes from the full moon. And I don't know about you, but it does feel powerful to step outside, even here where we're back to single digit degrees at the moment. After this podcast, I plan to go and set intentions under the light of this full moon. Thinking about the impact on the tides, they look at increasing the tides higher than usual during the gravitational pull of a full moon. And thinking about what that means internally. So again, we see the composition of fluid in our bodies, the capacity to influence the expression and the behavior of that fluid. And so externally, you know, if this can happen to the ocean tides, what impact do we have during this sequence and time in the month on our bodies, on the health and on the expression of that? How do we harness it? How do we, you know, enhance and express that energy? How do we support it? You know, if we're experiencing big fluctuations, Think if you ever talk to a teacher and their students on a full moon or an OB when they have a you know, delivery or a hospital shift and deliveries that can happen on a full moon, you know, there's a big impact there. And preparing for that and seeing where we can tap into that for the positive. Taking the time to perhaps do a reflection, either outside or in the light of the moon or just knowing that its presence is there and seeing what power it has, you know, what impact is it having on the waves of our life on any level, on the fluid level, on the impact in our way of thinking, you know, are we experiencing unobstructed movement in our lives 
Or do we have a whole lot of surface tension that's creating hostile and aggressive, dangerous waveforms that we need to hold steady and ride out and trust that they will shift? You know, if we can gain a new path or simply wait, you know, hold out steady until the next waveforms are able to move through. Thinking about the idea of waves and their impact on change and how we're part of that. You know, what movement, what progression, what disturbance are we willing to cause that can lead to a shift and hopefully in a positive way, something that's really been important to us, but we haven't been willing or able or could see the possibility to take action on and actually affect meaningful change. Thinking about the opportunity for fluctuation and that being pulled in multiple directions isn't always a bad thing. And sometimes allowing that pendulum to swing can help us to find that true place of ease, of flow, of power. We can get the most done but we can't do that in a stagnant pool. So rather than resisting the fluctuation and the opposite directions, even though they can feel scattered and chaotic and challenging, knowing that they're actually able to bring us to a new place and to a better place, to a place of power and capacity and ease, perhaps depending on which we're seeking at that time, much more than simply a still and stagnant body of water would and gaining some perspective on that. For me, setting the intention for this year, peace was the word I chose, thinking about calmness, but not in that so still way. And I exercise saying that with caution as we talk about still points as aspects of healing, of listening to the body and kind of a reset in treatment. But I think it's important to remember the still point isn't eternal. And we resume motion from a better place, having traveled through that. And so when I think about calm and peace, my hope, my desire, my intention, my work is for that to be dynamic. And I think that's possible. So I think there's the utmost calm and peace in those gentle movements and sounds that come from the movement of waves. So I ask you to think about what your need or intention for this year might be and how you can utilize the energy and the movement and the progression and the disturbance and the tension of waves to help affect the change that you seek. I'll post a link as well to calming wave sounds. Certainly that's a simple and easy way to utilize waves in our lives in a healthful fashion to move us toward better sleep, to offer some space for meditation, And I will put it out there for myself to post the one-minute meditations that often take place along shorelines 
to the Instagram page and website for your use, small breaks in the day to give you reprieve and a reset that can only be offered by the movement of water and we can't always get there during our busy work day. That's a wrap for this second episode of the second season. Thank you for joining me here in Brisk, Minneapolis. I encourage you to take a peek at the full moon tomorrow as it occurs and see how the energy exchange impacts the waves of your health. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.